play the first Coast to Coast Pick 5, featuring a sequence from Gulfstream Park in Florida and Santa Anita Park in California every Saturday and Sunday. Both the $1 minimum and 15% takeout are very player-friendly. Players can bet on track or online, usually listed as a separate track in your ADW. Just look for Coast to Coast Pick 5 in the drop-down. If you play on First Bet or Express Bet, you can get a free $10 bet on the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on select days to participate. Do not forget to register for the promotion. Get the Pick 5 sequence, expert analysis, free past performances, and more at InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash coast. And be sure to check the podcast we'll be doing every Saturday and Sunday for this new special bet. That URL once again, InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash coast. Welcome to the In The Money Players Podcast. This is our show. We are recording for the coast to coast for the first racing tour on March 4th. Huge days of racing at Gulfstream and at Santa Anita. We've got the ultimate betting challenge going on. Here we're going to focus on the five races that make up the coast to coast. All stakes. And we're also going to be doing a bonus live stream. Tune in tomorrow at 4.15. We've got an assortment of uh, In The Money Media associated guests going to start off doing a big thing on ticket construction with Matt Vagvolgi and then uh, bringing in a whole bunch of people to talk about these races in real time. But if you want to get your tickets in, uh, you know, get everything organized even before that starts, this is the show you want to be listening to. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, coming to you from the Brooklyn Bunker once again, and uh, joined by a man I have not talked to since he hit a big uh, Pelot- Peloton milestone and, and had all kinds of viewers on his uh, special show over there on the, the west side of Manhattan. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about these races. He's coming to us from the planet Texas. He's Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's up? PTF, yep. I uh, got the 100th ride in there. And uh, we were, uh, Jovanita and I went to the live studio to do it. So it was fun. Um, I was, you know, you know when you're in there for a live class that they're going to give you a shout out for, for a milestone. And so, she, you know, she's, uh, she was shooting, she was shouting people out, shouting people out on the front row. Because when you're having a milestone, they kind of get you in a little bit early. Yeah. And we're in the middle of this like kind of hard climb and I'm, you know, I'm trying not to embarrass myself in this class. And, and she, she says, uh, happy hundredth to UT big hair. And I completely didn't hear it. Cause I was just like in the zone and she goes, she goes, wait, she goes in the middle of this class. She yeah. goes, wait, that's you. Right. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> That was Such amazing. Idiot. You you were positioned in a funny place where I did I caught your silhouette, but you were hard you were hard to see most of the most of the time. But I did. Well, the I, truth of the matter is, I, I know you're trying to be politically correct. The truth of the matter is, is that it's dark in there. My skin is darker than the average person that was in there, and I had on a black shirt, so you couldn't. It was hard to see me. There wasn't um, a lot of definition. There wasn't a lot of definition there. Um, yeah, yeah. Were you wearing a hat? The hair didn't seem like it was in all its full glory either. No, 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 I was, I was haired out. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it was fun. I rode along. I got a PR. I don't know if you did on that ride, but it was, uh, Robin did a great job and it was a ton of fun. 
Yeah, Camilla, but yes. I take so many damn Peloton classes that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mixing up which day was which. But yes, it was Camilla. She did a great job. Good stuff. All right, we're here to talk about racing, if you can believe that. And this is exciting. This, to me, is what I'd love... You know, eventually, I love this idea of doing a live stream covering these races. This is, we sort of get to kick the tires on it. And I love the fact that it's happening in a tight time frame and also that it is uh, all stakes. So, you know, this is one that I'm pretty excited to sink my teeth into. Obviously, I always do the work on these races, but I, I, I'll, I'll admit I've gone a little extra here between all the things we have going on and I, I plan on, on taking a swing. What do you think of the sequence as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you know, these these cross countries, coast to coast, this is what they were designed to, to be. You know, I mean, uh, unfortunately, every race can't be a stakes race. But uh, on these big days, when you get to, to, to combine all of the races that we're all interested in from a, from a fan standpoint, from just following the sport, um, it's fun when you can kind of tie them all together into one wager. It's why I love the Breeders' Cup so much. It's why I love Belmont Day, uh, Whitney Day. Travers Day, Derby Day, because you, you all the stars show up and, and, and you get to have all these big stakes races, which I think stakes races are easier to handicap because there's a lot of uh, unknowns in the lower level races, maiden races, claiming races, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this sequence and, and this wager as a whole. It kicks off with the Devona Dale from Gulfstream. 4.37, the scheduled post time for this. For these three-year-old fillies going a mile, we've got a field of 10. And this is an interesting race. I mean, the the term that uh, Nick Tamaro has coined for this group of three-year-old fillies that makes me laugh, uh, a case of the slows. We'll see if in this race here, we get somebody who who steps up. We've got a couple of horses, I think, that could step up and, and finally put up the kinds of speed figures that we normally associate with winning a race like uh, the Kentucky Oaks in time. JK, we'll start with you. How do you want to light this candle? Yeah, I'm going to use two A horses, um, and it's going to be the two that are exiting the forward gal, red carpet ready and undervalued asset. You know, red carpet ready was kind of the cute pick last time. If you remember, she was kind of a higher morning line. She got bet down. Um, went off at almost the same price as a Rusty Arnold horse as the Chad Brown runner from Klarovich. And so, you know, last time I think was kind of the sneaky time. I think she'll be a shorter price this time. She'll be the favorite. So, and I, I just don't, I can't completely lean on her. She was impressive last time. She ran well going the seven, um, first off of a break. Uh, Chad's horse, undervalued asset, ran well first off a break as well. Now we're going a little bit further. Chad, uh, undervalued asset, hopped at the start last time. And, and, and was wide all the way around there. It, it just feels like one of those races where the tables could turn. I don't feel like red carpet ready was that far ahead of undervalued assets. So I'll use both of those as a horses. And then I'm going to use two B horses that are types that uh, we talk about often around this time of the year where uh, Dorf Vader and leave no trace towards the outside. Both of those horses have figures that are not that far off from the top two um, as two-year-olds. And, uh, and, and leave no trace kind of tailed off if you want to call it that, you know, in terms of a speed figure standpoint, but she ran extremely well in the juvenile Phillies. Um, Dorth Vader uh, had that kind of clunker and got the time off. It just feels like kind of one of those situations where one of these two could kind of jump up and bite. Some might find there to be value in kind of placing these as a horses, but I just feel like the top two red carpet ready and undervalued asset. One of them is going to take another step forward. 
And if they take another step forward, that step might put them too far ahead of this group. So if they stay the same, then there is a chance that one of those two outside horses, that's why I'll price them the way that I am with two A's and two B's. That makes sense. And we're very much in lockstep on the top line of this. Not much to add, really. Red carpet ready. You have that huge run in the common race. Might keep it might keep improving. Good finisher. And I like that bullet workout since undervalued asset, as we said, a little bit of a trip there in the common race. And in the third start is obviously progressive with room to improve. I was with you on Dorth, uh, Dorth Vader as the, as one of the backups. Big pace factor here on the stretch out. Excuses for the last run looks to be working well. But my other backup was going to be atomically. This horse, now third time for Pletcher, had a trip, I thought, in a live-looking comebacker um, and, and maybe gets the really good setup to close. That was my fear with Leave No Trace was that, uh, you know, this could be a tough situation. Um, and I just, I'm questioning the form of that juvenile Phillies race. I, I mean, I could be convinced to throw in, in some combos, but mainly I'm going to be three, five on the top line with one and nine on the back line. As we move to the second race in the sequence and we head out to Santa Anita park to do that for, uh, for their fifth race. And of course I'm, I pulled up the wrong day. I knew I was going to host fail at some point in this show. I, I have these I have this stuff written up in too many different places. It's the Buena Vista. This will be fun because we're going to have, um, for the show, for the live stream, we'll have uh, Frank Scatoni on to talk about this one. Always appreciate his uh, institutional insight when it comes to Santa Anita and all the hard work and note working he does out there. Um, I had number four, Kitty Katana on top. Fast, versatile, great form. This is an improving four-year-old that looks more than capable. And then I wanted the one closing remarks. An odd, slow race last time, um, even though the deeper closer, Quaterelle, came to win. I think closing remarks can maybe move forward again, third time off the layoff, and might be the best closer in this spot. Should save all the ground. I'm on the fence about Quaterelle. I think I want to hear your comments before maybe throwing that one in as well. But yeah, four and one for me in Santa Anita's fifth on this coast-to-coast bet. Who do you have? Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't really separate a lot of these. I, I just, you know, I, I have some stronger opinions elsewhere. I'm just going to use the four D'Amato's and, and get out of this race alive. Um, I, I thought uh, Macadamia ran well last time, and uh, you're drawn towards the inside. Kind of get that, that, that saving ground, stalking, kind of close-up trip. I, I needed to have Kitty Katana. I was going to give School Dance another chance. She didn't run well last time, but I thought two back and four back, those races absolutely win this one. So I wanted to make sure that that, that I had her. Um, and then uh, I don't know how we're prancing. Anna, Anna, what's this one? Anna, Anna, Anna Glossa. Anna Glossa. I like that. Yeah, that works. Okay. There we go. Good. I, I like her as well. So um, I'll, I'll, she seemed to kind of take another step forward last time from a figure standpoint. She's got some good races. You know, going the mile. So, I was I was gonna just kind of use those four. I didn't need Quatro. I didn't need uh, Quatrell. Um, her numbers just aren't that great. And even and when she wins, her numbers are always a little bit light on the light side of eighty. Um, and and so it, it, to me, that tells me that she needs kind of softer races to win. Um, so I, I was gonna look elsewhere. That makes sense. Maybe, maybe I like your case on school dance. Maybe that's one I'll throw in as an additional B there. I'm going to try to figure out a way to uh, 
to to do some clever ticket writing today so we can have you know we can get live to all of our selections if they uh, if they happen to to come in if the sequence and the situation allowed again we'll talk about that a lot more on the beginning of the live stream with Matt Bag Volgi who's as good of a bet writer as anybody I've ever seen we head back to Gulfstream Park for the McDermott a grade 2 action we're going a mile and 3 eighths on the turf this time around and JK we'll keep it with you yeah, this one, you know, I'm I'm always going to kind of take a peek for a uh, a Mike Maker runner in some of these longer races. But I ended up, and I don't have numbers with me here, so just help me out on, on numbers, Pete, if you don't mind. Uh, Bema's boy, who, who last time going a little bit too short, that felt like a prep, for, you know, a, a setup race. This horse is, uh, you know, when Maker got the horse, you've seen, you look through the past performances, some of the big races are at these mile and a half mile and three eighths, these, these longer distance races. So it feels like that was a prep. And so you might get your best, uh, the best from Bema's boy astronaut. I wanted to make sure I had that tactical speed, not a whole lot of early speed, but can find the front end. And I uh, wanted to make sure that, that I had astronaut who, who runs well at these longer distance distances, value engineering, who it's not often that you find yourself, uh, you know, playing a horse off of Chad Brown on the grass, but value engineering was, 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 was fine uh, going long for Chad. Um, but I think that it was just one of those deals where like, you know, someone else's, I don't want to say trash, but someone else's like thing that they don't want that doesn't fit what they do can fit well for what you do. And I think that's kind of the thing with value engineering, a seven-year-old who, who it, it feels like Klarovich and, and, and Chad had probably just kind of, uh, accomplish what they wanted with this horse Mike Maker takes and, and finds a new home just running in these long distance turf races and mm-hmm. value engineering makes sense for me um wicked fast and Marwad to the outside um I, I wanted to make sure I had his too so these races always are about trip whoever can work out the best trip um and can stay the ground I feel like all the horses that I mentioned can stay the ground now I just got to figure out who can get a good trip We'll see if Marois makes it into the body of the field. Are there any early scratches here? No, I think needs one to come out. But the numbers I wrote down for you, JK, 6, 7, 10, 12, 13. Would you want to grade those into A's and B's at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I liked Wicked Fast the most. Uh, so I suppose I would I would use Wicked Fast, who was wide all the way around there last time, uh, going a mile and a half. So you, you know the stamina is going to be there. Um, and has another outside post here, uh, but hopefully Javier can work out a little bit of a better trip. And I wouldn't be opposed to using shoddy, shoddy, shoddy as a B horse. Okay. Okay. So 12 as a lone A or just 12 as a top pick and the rest? No, just the a top. No, no, no. Just a top. Okay. Yeah. Top. 12, so, so yeah, you're just spreading for your, spreading for your lungs here and, and I'm similar. So it's just, I think it's one of those, it's one of those races. Um, all were just run through mine quickly. I did have an A that you didn't mention. And that was the one highest honors has to reverse form with astronaut. But I thought between the draw and the race shape that could happen. Um, I wanted to mention Bema's boy. Bema's boy would probably be my top pick. I agree exactly with what you said. Needed the last off the bench. Just fits really well off the races two and three back. Um, Astronaut I had listed as a B uh, versatile, but the big figure earned last time out was when loose and not going to be loose here. So that uh, that was a little bit of an issue. Shawty made sense to me. Tough trip last time. Steadied. Rushed into the fastest part of a race that collapsed. I'm going to try again. Second time layoff. 
as a as a backup too. So and then yeah, I had I mean I have questions about value engineering who I think I'll throw in as a B. Moved into that uh, hot pace last time could be improving. And then um, wicked fast wide trip in the common race rough post here again. But you know a horse that's gonna be a good price and I want in there as at least a B. So yeah, my A's Bema's boy and highest honors and very similar to you with those backups as we head back out to Santa Anita for their sixth race. This is uh, the big, well, the big one in terms of the three-year-old division. We've got a couple of grade ones later on the card. If you want to hear thoughts on those, check out the show that I did with Duke Matisse that's up in the feed already. Also, if you're playing this weekend, we've got coverage of the Gotham Day Pick 6 with Andy Serling and Nick Tamaro. Um, just waiting on an ad from Naira. I'm going to pop that up in the feed uh, ASAP. But the fourth race in this sequence is the grade two San Felipe. We've got these three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th. This was a race. Um, I actually did a pre-record with Matt Bernier that we're going to drop into the live stream. And it's a tough race for a pick five like this. This is a race where more than usual, I think I, I you know, I'm going to, try to reserve my like official official opinion until we see some prices. Cause I don't know how they're going to bet. It's a tricky race, but I wanted to, and if he's the morning line price or shorter, I'm not so interested, but for technical purposes from here, my top pick is go rocket ride, you know, love the race on debut with that wire to wire field that included a next out winner, Mandela conservative when he has one that uh, runs first down and shows this kind of speed, they're doing it on talent and they typically improve. Um, you know, there are some questions, obviously six furlongs to a mile. Isn't easy. That was a speed favoring day, which may have flattered that, uh, that speed, but I did, I did pull the formulator stat on Mandela with second time starters who won first out and what they do second out. And they were four for 12, a good mark with two stakes winners among them. This is the clear speed and the horse that I'm going to, I'm going to put on top, but I was also extremely interested in the, um, Hijazi, just, you know, very obvious claims for this $3.5 million horse that already has a triple digit speed figure. Um, And then National Treasure, very obvious as one of these Bafferts switched to Yakteen. I, I, you know, I need to get um, on this horse in there. That form's looking okay with Newgate coming back to win. So I want, I want those two as backups to, uh, to the top pick, go rocket ride. And I think I might want to get some Skinner in there in case um, this race uh, falls apart. And I think this is a horse will be running well late. I was disappointed again by the morning line. This was a horse, you know, eight or 10 to one. I could see keying some things largely underneath around, but I definitely want mentioned in this discussion as well. So those are my numbers in the San Felipe. Very curious, JK, to hear how you see this complicated affair. Yeah, I only need two. Um, I only need two. And that's uh, National Treasure and Hijazi. Um, national treasure. I remember leading up to the breeders cup juvenile, um, when, when I was, you know, doing some heavy in, you know, research as it were on, on a big play I was going to make on cave rock. You know, I actually talked to Baffert, like, you know, what do you think about national treasure? And he's like, he's good, but he's going to be better when he gets a little, he's going to get better next year. Like he's just still figuring some things out. And I, I think that last race was kind of an example of him still kind of figuring some things out and the sham. And, and I think that he's going to continue to improve. And he ran two really good races as a two-year-old that there's obviously talent there. And I think maybe just last time was a little bit circumstantial. And I think he's going to run much better 
today. So National Treasure and Hijazi, who uh, just – Hijazi was that super expensive horse from uh, the two-year-old in training sale at Fasic Tipton Timonium. And, you know, he, he like broke a record for the fastest uh, 10, you know, fur, furlong. I think he went like, I don't know, like nine and change or something. I mean, he, he's got an unbelievable amount of talent. And, you know, he, he, I think maybe in his early in his career, he kind of struggled a little bit sprinting, ran into Speedboat Beach, who's obviously extremely fast. And I think he's just gotten a little bit better as the distance has gotten a little bit further. And I think the more miles that he gets under him, the more stamina, the more he'll kind of find himself relaxing and finishing races. And we know that he's got an unbelievable turn of foot from his two-year-old preparation. So uh, that's the only two I need for me. Uh, practical move can win. I think it's hilarious if you look down to see the Chad Brown listed as a, yes, as a breeder. breeder. He used his uh, breeding uh, right to, to yeah. breed this one. And then I th- I'm just guessing it's almost like, it's not like, oh, they didn't like him. They're probably like from a conflict of interest point of view, they decided they needed to sell that one. Yeah, I, it's funny. You, uh, you must you should get a job at the DRF. I read an article that said that it was a conflict of interest is why Chad and Saul decided no matter what, they were going to sell the horse. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. I, I, you I, the, yeah as far as idea. working for the DRF, though, been there, done that, my friend. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I just... Uh, if the man, the Mandela will just have to beat me. Um, I, I don't have a overly negative opinion, but the way that I'm attacking this sequence, uh, I just want to try to get through this race without using too many horses. And I felt like I, I have the two that I need. JK trading a silver wig for a, a ball cap and some glasses to honor uh, trainer Tim Yachtin in this spot. There you go. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Of course you could still get beat by your man. Are you scared about either of those runners? Um, no, no, I'm I, I'm not. I I, uh, I I I feel like I have the right to. I feel like I have one national treasure who's consistently shown how good he is, and Hijazi, who I think could be has that kind of superstar potential to kind of jump up and be that horse that you know that runs the 105 buyer all of a sudden and is now the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I could totally see it. There is for me as well, though. I'm going to try to get a little cute with the uh, with the Mandela runner and see if we can get a, a little wire to wire score really interested to to see what's going on in this race in terms of the tote board I feel like one of these horse I feel like this is going to be a really interesting race to to bet to win potentially because somebody's going to get lost and be like a little too much if either one of those Bafferts are you know somehow get, go seven to two I think that'd be really interesting but I could also see one of the others we talked about sneaking away at a price one more race to talk about on this show and it is the fountain of youth another one where i have a full write-up over at at the races.com if folks want to check that one out and, and i think this one jk it's it comes down to a pretty simple question in terms of our two-year-old champion and current anti-post favorite for the kentucky derby making his return to the races in forte are you with him or against him yeah, I'm again. Uh, I'm with. Sorry, I almost said again. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, there's one of those situations where you know it reminds me honestly of Classic Empire. Okay. When Classic Empire ran in the Breeders' Futurity, I want to say, and he was drawn outside, and there's all these interesting looking horses, 
And there's, you know, people just don't want to lean on the favorite because they're allergic to it. And so they, they start trying to create stories and get cute and creative with other horses and Ooh, general Jim looks to be improving for Suge and legacy Isle could get loose. And uh, shadow dragon was closing into a slow pace last time. And, you know, the, the only two other horses that make any sense are blazing seven blazing sevens and, and, and mage or Ma- what are we calling that horse? Mage, Ma- Madge, Madge. Didn't they call him what I'm trying to whatever think. Ramiro's horse. Ramiro's. <laughs> Maj. That, yeah. Maj. If one of those, those two horses are going to be bet to like, you know, clear second and third choices. So like, are you really getting that cute in the situation? I just Forte has run three races in his career that are better than anyone else has run in their entire lives. If this horse was trained by Jimmy McWilliams, who's never even uh, sniffed a Kentucky Derby or, or wouldn't tell you the first thing about how to train a three-year-old leading up to the Derby, then I could get behind the argument of maybe Forte is going to be short. But the other guy on the East Coast with the silver hair, he knows how to claim, to train a dirt horse. He knows how to train a dirt horse for these spots. And if he made the decision to wait until the Fountain of Youth He's not going to, he doesn't send out short horses anyways. He's not going to send Forte over there short to run third and then have to make a decision of, okay, now we, no, now we got to get to the Florida Derby. And then we got to, this horse is going to run his race. Yes. And, and I think that it'll be enough. Yeah, we're in lockstep. I mean, I, I did full on a bit ability figures for this race and I've got him 10 points clear and with a plus sign next to his name. So even let's just say even he is theoretically a little bit short. I mean, he's still he's got so much in hand. I wouldn't see that matter. And I'm with you. Like, there's not really a lot of margin for error from this point for this horse to make the Kentucky Derby. It's March 3rd, you know, so um, he's going to be ready enough. Uh, not fully cranked, obviously, but ready enough, I think, to just do the business in this spot and a horse that that could end up um you know, making the current, there's 10 to one around in some places for the Kentucky Derby. And another way of potentially betting this race would be to just go ahead and take that, those tens now. And if he airs here, and if we don't get that special performance out in California, that's going to look, um, that's going to look really good. I told the Brits, um, anything evens or above, he'd be great value. I mean, I expect he'll be odds on, um, by the time post time comes. If I have a couple of situations to make, um, backup tickets, Deep, deep seas. I could see the Maj case as um, the pace factor in here. Uh, you'd want double digits to even think about it. And then the other one, though, JK, I might throw in like one little line, or if I'm alive in this big, might make a little win back. So I think this horse is going to be a huge price. Cyclone Mischief, who I liked so much before the last race. Now, I don't have a real excuse, but it did seem like maybe they were experimenting a little bit. You know, the horse was rated in a weird way. You know, sometimes they think like, oh, we're so good. We're going to win anyway. Let's we're going to jack around and get some dirt kicked in his face and see, see, you know, we'll teach him to handle that and he'll win anyway. Well, he resented that and it all went wrong and it was a complete debacle. But this was a horse I liked enough before that race that if 20 to one, I'm not going to let prevent me from from cashing in this spot so i i'll i'll throw him in there but you know 90 percent of the ticket for me is going through forte and it sounds for you like it's a hundred percent no it's gonna be 95 90 whatever i you know you know jk tries math fails i don't know exactly <laughs> i will however use a little 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 baby bit of cyclone mischief okay it's just because if they, you know, what's the morning line? I don't even look at the morning line. I'm just assuming that they're going to act like the horse. 
I capped without the morning line. It is 12 to one. I think he'll be longer than that. Yeah. Like they're going to forget about him off of that last race. These are young horses that are trying to figure things out. Horse ran extremely well in that allowance race. Uh, There's been two horses that come back and win out of that, a horse to run second out of that and a horse to run third out of that. So I still kind of want to trust that that was a real race. And let's see if Dale Romans can't write the ship. I'll use him just, you know, I don't want this idea if this to come true to not not get me paid. And Forte is going to be the shortest price, um, yeah. probably in the sequence. What do you think? Yes. Even it's funny. Even in a fourteen horse field, he's still likely to be the shortest price, and because they're not going to know who to bet in the San Felipe, uh, they're going to spread around in the in the was it Gulfstream Park Oaks or Devona Dale? Devona Dale. Devona Dale. So you know. Yeah, I, I think he'll be the shortest one. So I, I just got to make sure I have Cyclone Mischief because it'll pay really well in the sequence. All right, great stuff. JK, we'll be hearing more from you. You're going to be part of our live stream. We'll do, uh, we did a pretty deep dive here, but we'll do a deeper dive on this race. And then we will also have a show for Sunday, mandatory payout. We may or may not be doing something for that. Probably we will. I got but I haven't done anything about it yet, but we'll certainly have a coast to coast show. So we'll get that all sorted out for folks as well. Um, we got a bunch else to record, so I'm going to make this brief. JK, thank you. Thanks to our friends at First Racing, especially Aiden Butler and uh, Peter Rotundo. Really appreciate their help and support. I really want to thank all the listeners out there for making these shows so much fun to do. Make sure you join us for this live stream. Hopefully this is a concept we can get going. You can find it on the In The Money Media YouTube channel. We will be back very soon. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.